Welcome to the Business of Health podcast. This is a podcast that highlights issues that could cost group health agents and brokers thousands of dollars. The health insurance industry is constantly changing. And each episode, we're going to give you tools to grow a profitable business and better serve your clients. I'm your host, Mike Martins. Now, let's grow your health business. Well, welcome to today's episode of Business of Health. And I got to tell you, we've got a barn burner today, an absolute incredible guest, credentials that you just almost can't believe. And I think you're going to enjoy this show. This is one you're going to want to listen to a couple of times and uh, make sure whatever you do, you stick around to the end because we got a couple of surprises for you today. This gentleman is beginning his 15th year as a professional and certified business and executive coach. He's a speaker, an internationally best-selling author of six books that have been published, including the bestseller, Champions Never Make Cold Calls. Now, he's logged over 15,000 business and executive coaching, consulting, and training hours to date. And as an entrepreneur, he has worked with 15 successful startup businesses and over 400 business turnarounds. He is the unprecedented seven-time recipient of the Focal Point International Brian Tracy Award of Sales Excellence and the 2019 Focal Point Coaching Practice of the Year. Danny Creed, welcome to Business of Health. Mike Martins, thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Now, I got to start with a question because I read somewhere, and I don't know if it was on LinkedIn or what, but in 2020 and 2021, which are two years that a lot of us are very thankful are in the rearview mirror, that 100% of your clients continue to experience growth. Is that correct? Yes, it is. And thanks for finding that out, I uh, discovering that. I, I'm very proud of that for one reason. And by the way, you mentioned 15 startups. Those were my personal startups. That's why, if you can see, that's why I don't have any hair. But I have worked with thousands of startups and entrepreneurs. Uh, my, my perfect customer, my typical customer is an entrepreneur, an executive, a corporation, a startup. And during the tough times of the last two years, probably the toughest in history, you know, as a business coach, what I do is help people make better decisions. I help them walk through the fire of turmoil and chaos sometimes, and they're not alone. And we learn and we grow. Well, when all of this happened, uh, but they have to do the work. But when all of this happened, you know, we had in March, I remember March 2020, I went to every one of my clients and, I, and I've worked with clients in 18 different countries and all over North America. But I went to every client, either on a Zoom call or face-to-face, and I said, look, I I want to acknowledge that there's some terrible things going on. Because if you think about it, not only the pandemic, but you had turmoil in the government, uh, you had all kinds of things going on in the world, and everybody is thinking, what if? Oh, what if it? You know, we had a civil war? What if it's the end of humanity with this pandemic? And so I went and said, I want to acknowledge, I understand terrible things are happening. But I told every one of my clients, I am not leaving this call or your business today until we come up with two opportunities. Now, I went through history and we've all heard this, but I went through history and checked all the five worst times in American in world business history, particularly in America. And we found that in every one of those times, and I just did this this year, I check it every year. We found in all of those times that 
in all the turmoil and chaos and everything that was going on, we find that that there was also more millionaires made during that period of time than any other time in history. Every time. Why? Because somebody believed there was possibilities out there and they would take advantage of those possibilities. So a big part of me and a couple of my books and a big part of my daily coaching with, and again, I work with a guy that owns three shoe stores and I work with financial planners, insurance agents like your group. I work with $11 billion company. But mindset is the key to selling anything today, particularly with what your uh, your listeners do, Mike. Mindset is the key to it all because there's, I believe there's two kinds of mindset, two types. The first is what I call a survival mindset. Mm -hmm. over Over the last two years, it's real easy to be in survival mindset. And all I had to do to find out was, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm just making it. I'm okay. Do you see what's going on? That's a survival mindset. I actually had a guy tell me one time, I asked him if he had goals. He goes, oh yeah, I have goals. And I said, what's your goals for you and your business? He goes, I get up every day and my goal is to go to work. And I think about this goal and I think about it. I go, well, what is it? He goes, my goal is to go to work and break even. (laughs) And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. So that's a survival mentality. The other mentality is a possibility. Some would call it thriving is possibility mentality. So I'm so proud of my clients in that in the last two years, we would start every coaching conversation, no matter what level of business they were with this question, where's your head at today? Interesting. Interesting. Where's your head at today? Because if you're in a survival mode, we're going to get out of that real fast. If you're in a possibility mode, then let's talk about it. So I can tell you stories all day, Mike, about the things that some clients came up with for possibilities. I work with a landscaper that last year, in the midst of everything that's going on, he grew by $5 million last year. And the reason was we, every conversation we had, we talked about what are the possibilities that we're missing out here? What are the possibilities? So again, when you think about that mindset, are you in a, a survival mindset, which is just keeping the doors open? I've heard my goal is keep the doors open. Mm-hmm. Or as a salesperson of selling insurance or or any, anything like that, if you focus on being the one ray of light for your customers, being that lighthouse in the storm, being that one positive influence when you walked in the door, that they will buy from you all day long over and over and over and over again. Because you may be the only positive influence they have in a whole week. Well, Dan, I I think we all have seen that. And I know we have all fought with that survival mode mentality because it really doesn't matter what where you go to get information. Over the last couple of years, there's been very little good information that has been provided to you from a lot of the regular sources. So let's talk about going to that possibility mode a little bit more. And, you know, we've talked about this. Our show is targeted to making brokers and consultants more profitable. And that's a pretty broad statement. What would you what recommendations would you have for, let's say somebody's listening and they're saying, well, you know what? I'm not in a survival mode anymore. And I may have been two years ago, but that was two years ago. I'm absolutely in the possibility mode right now. What should they be looking at, thinking about or doing? And, and this may be maybe a really broad question, but on a daily basis, when they walk in and flip that light switch on, whether it's a home office or on the 21st floor of a, of a building, what's number one goal? Well, to get in that mind- mindset 
though of possibilities you've got to you've got to make one big adjustment and that is what i call that if you're thinking what if what if this happens or that happens or a client says no or what if they're cutting back what if you know you're you're always going to be in a survival mode to get in and maintain in that possibility mode you've got to be thinking about what is and what is is what can i control within my sphere and that was where the thing is if you're going into a client or a prospect one of the things you can control is your attitude. And the number one thing to answer your question is your perception. One of the things that I work on with executive clients and you know brokers and, and everything within that, the whole range of people you work with, Mike, the one of the things I work the most in is, uh, and we have a whole, we don't have time today, but we talk about what is the perception you have and what, what is the perception you want or need within the people that you're asking to trust you and buy. And that perception can be one of them, which is can be wrong. You know, if, if they're in a negative mindset and, you, and they come in and say, well, Mike, I don't know if I want to buy today because, you know, the economy is pretty bad. And you go, yeah, I agree. The economy is pretty bad. Well, that's that's one thing. Right. But my standard answer when I go in for the last two years and somebody says, how you doing, Dan? How you doing, Dan? I go, fabulous. I'm doing fabulous. Everything's. I'm having the best year. And by the way, I also had the personally had the best two years I've ever had in almost. Actually, I'm going into my 16th year. You know, and and, and but people go, wow. I don't hear that from anybody. And I go, well, you're going to hear it from me. Yeah. And so yeah. the perception was they wanted me to come in their doors. They looked forward to having me. I, I had a couple of folks that I caught making excuses to get sat down and talk with me. So there's three or four things I think that, that your listeners ought to think about. Number one is creating that perception. And if we ever do this again, Mike, I can talk more about specifically how you do that. You okay. know, how are you perceived? Are you perceived as positive? Are you perceived as negative? You're perceived as being aggressive? You're perceived as being weak? You're perceived as being afraid to offer ideas? You're perceived as being an idea person? That's really really important to take a look at that again compared to the marketplace. How are you perceived? Second thing, and this is the things I deal with, particularly with your your genre of business person and you know the brokers and everyone out there, you know, agents, everybody. The second thing is pretty much it's a pandemic, but everybody is terrible at not time management, but priority management. Mm -hmm. In today's world, everybody thinks because it's fast paced, it's digital, everybody thinks they have to get everything done that they think they need to get done. And I will tell you right now that if anybody tries to sell you a time management course, run, run as fast as you can. Because in today's world, it's not doing everything. It's, it's doing the most important things and then managing the time around getting the most important things done. Now, to define important, I call that the important things are the things that have the highest consequence. And that means if I don't do it, what will happen? What's the consequence? You know, it's like you might think you have to go pick up the mail. And this is an actual example. You might have to take your time as an executive, go pick up the mail or your mortgage is due today. And if you don't pay it, the bank's going to call you. So which is the highest priority? Which is the highest consequence? Sure. Paying your mortgage, right? Right. I mean, you've got to, I mean, yeah. So sales people in building a business. Again, I've been doing this over 50 years in selling 50 
you know, or more. And and I'm telling you, I've had the best years in my life because I've I've stuck to these these thoughts and I've learned them and I teach them as, you know, how do I every night before I go to bed, I made it a discipline. I'll sit down as one of the highest priority items that I need to get done tomorrow. And I do it at night. And there's a strategic psychological reason that you do that. But you do it so your mind really locks in on it overnight with clarity and you're ready to rock the next day. But prioritization, because we don't have time to do everything. So focus on doing the most important things first, not let's get all the little piddly stuff done and then I'll do the big stuff. Huh? Right, right. Notice I didn't say problems. It's not about dealing with problems, it's dealing with the highest consequence. So that's number one. Number two, goals. Goal setting. I have a 12-week course on goal setting because it's that important, not just goal setting, but goal achieving. But let me give you a statistic. 70% of our society has no goals at all. 70%. 28% of our society of the remaining group has says they have written goals, has some kind of goal. Right, right. Only 2% or less. I know my mentor, Brian Tracy, says it's 1%. But 1% to 2% of the remaining people have a written goal, clear, concise, written goal. Now, let me also say that Oxfam, the international organization that monitors wealth and money around the world, that they say, and I, the, they did a report last January, that 2% or less that has a written goal controls 97% of all wealth in the world. That's a pretty so, amazing statistic. Well, yeah. And I always look at people and go, look, if you believe that, if you believe that, you've got to set back and go, I better get off my dead butt and go make some goals, clear goals, right. written goals. And I'm not just talking about business, but because the only way you're going to make all your business goals is to have goals set in, we believe, and I've worked with Harvard Psychology and Brian Tracy and all the, you know, Zig Ziglar and all these guys, the, uh, you, everyone will say on the setting and achieving of goals that you have to set them in seven, seven areas of life. Because you, if you just focus on making money, you'll never make as much money as you can. Zig Ziglar told me one time, he said, look, if you look at a client as a commission check, you'll never as successful as you possibly can be. No matter how desperate you are, you have to look at that client as how can I help? How can I help them first? And by helping them to the maximum, then you'll be rewarded. One of those rewards is accolades. One of those rewards is your client will hug you. Another reward is you'll make a lot of money. Well, I know that one of the platforms, and you engaged our group in this sometime back, and it has paid unbelievable dividends. And I refer to it as the DISC program. Um, yeah. Talk Talk about that for a minute. Yeah, that was the next on my list. That's really, finally, it's communication, uh, becoming what I call a communication master. There's a science out there called psychometric profiling. And psychometric profiling, if you break it down, psycho meaning what's going on in your head and the metrics is putting numbers to it. Mm -hmm. And there, the science of that has been around for over 2000 years. We've known all by ancient Greece, Egypt, we've known that they know that there's four distinct personality types. As you got into more modern day, Dr. Larry Wilson was a major researcher in that. And now there's a couple of groups. One of them is, is in Scottsdale, Arizona, that does the world Worldwide, I think the best study of psychometric profiling. The the DISC acronym, there's a lot 
from after Myers-Briggs and things like this. I prefer the DISC uh, version because it comes from the, the company who does the major research. They process over 100,000 of these assessments a week. So they've got the, one of the greatest databases in the world. But so for purposes of the acronym, when we talk about psychometric profile, we'll talk about DISC. Now, the whole key behind anything like this is back to selling stuff is today, more than ever, your listeners have to become, to be as successful as they can be, they have to become masters at communication. Here's the step that I've worked with lots and lots and lots of insurance people and financial advisors. And the number one issue that they have, along with a lot of other salespeople that I deal with and managers and leaders, is that they still live in the attitude of, well, this is who I am. And if you don't like it, the heck with you. Sure, and sure. You, can't, you cannot do that anymore in order to be a master at communication, to be a communication superstar. So the key is, and one of the things that I teach, and you've seen a lot of the course, Mike, is that we teach that the four distinct styles, and they're represented in the acronym DISC, and each of those styles, if you can learn, number one, who you are, then the two keywords are, how do we manage how do we adapt? And when we adapt to the other styles, then how do we manage when we can then manage them better? And if we adapt, we can manage. And when we can adapt and manage, then guess what? Yeah. We can control the sale. Basically, at the root of the DISC system, it provides you the understanding of how to identify the hot buttons for the individual that, that you're talking to based upon their and I'm going to use the term personality profile that. Yeah, that's that's fair. But it really moves you further down the road when you're able to assess. And once you learn this, you, your assessments, we're talking about seconds. Your assessments allow you to walk in, sit down or even on a video conference, assess and determine, OK, this person's personality profile is one that I need to do A, B and C. Or I need to approach this in this certain format. And it opened a lot of doors, a lot of doors for us. The simplicity of this, based on what you're saying, is that if you can know who you are, then learn how to adapt to each of the four profiles, the D, I, S, and C, by understanding how to identify them, then you can talk to each of those people in a way they want to be spoken to. Yes. That's the key. So if you have a husband and wife in a room that you're selling, and one is a high D and the other one's a high S, how do you get through to both of them? If you come in, and let me give you a quick case study. Do we have a few minutes I can give you a quick case study? Please, please, yes. I work with a really high-end, high-dollar financial advisor. Uh, he's the kind of guy, if you didn't have $3 million bucks, he wouldn't even talk to you. But his problem was he was a high D. So a high D is, here's some of the traits, all business, bottom line, uh, no nonsense. They're perceived as being very cold, very direct, very demanding, strong-willed, decisive. And at the time, this guy was a high off the chart D. He wasn't an I, which is enthusiastic and demonstrative and trusting. He wasn't an S, which is risk-averse and anxious and uh, emotional. He wasn't a C, which is analytical, bottom line, systematic. He was a D. And he really didn't care. He really didn't care what anybody thought of that. 
If you don't like me, the heck with it. Well, I, I started teaching him DISC and what we realized real quick, and I won't get into the whole story, but we realized real quick that I had him running numbers one weekend and he had ran off over $48 million in assets under management that he could have had because he just he just blew off the client because his oh, clients, wow. the wealthy people he was dealing with were high S's. Yes. Uh, because they're an S and they're risk averse and they, they want guarantees and they're very, doesn't mean they're weak. Right. Bill Gates is an ass. Yep. It just means that when this guy came in to deal with these people and he goes, so so tell me, tell me about your business. And he has to go, well, let me talk about this and this and this. And this guy, this D was going in his mind, he was going, what a bunch of weenies. Yeah. Let these guys make a decision. Sure. I wonder what I'm going to have for dinner tonight. And he wouldn't even listen. He'd just shut it off. You know, so one of the things we taught him then was, look, how do you identify you're dealing with this? And I'm saying, I told him, I said, look, I don't want you to change who you are. I want you to change who you are in five minute increments. Mm -hmm. So I taught him to be a better listener. He identified an S. He goes, okay, I'm going to have to look him in the eye. I'm going to have to actually listen. I'm going to lower my voice. I'm going to ask him questions. And long story short, the next year, so we even got to a point where we took green, red, yellow, and blue. They represent DISC. And we put them on all of his customer file folders so that I trained his staff then to say, okay, when you're, if this client is a D, here's what you do. And it's things like, because this applies even in even in writing, emails, business letters. Because let me ask your listeners, you think a D wants a long email or a short email? Oh, absolutely. To the point now, please. Short. Yeah. One word, 10 words. And if you send them, hey, did you see the game last night? Isn't the weather perfect? Oh, it's the dog days of summer. You know, here's what we wanted to talk about. They're not even going to get past the first sentence. Yes. So we have to be, if we want to communicate with that D, we have to understand what they want. And the second quick case study I'll give you is one personal. When I first started in life, my disc profile was 100% I. So I was, hey, you know, the hand's going, hey. And what we realized is 100% of my clients at that time were Ds. So I'd go in to make a presentation. I'm going, hey, here's my presentation. Here's my pitch. And the D would stop me and go, Dan, Dan, Dan. Look, I get it. I love what you're selling. I'm ready to buy. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'd literally look at him and go, you can't buy yet. I'm not done with my presentation. Exactly. And, and exactly. Say, Dan, I'm ready to buy. And I go, but I have 12 slides left, you know, and the next year when I learned this and what to do, which when I dealt with a D, I learned to go, this is a great product. What questions do you have? Yeah. And they would say, well, I like this and this and this. And I'd like ready to buy it. I go, great. Here's the agreement. I'd let them drive it. And by them driving the sale, and me catering to them, I was actually the puppet master. I was pulling the string. So the key to all of this is being able to identify is who you are and then to identify who every customer or prospect you're talking to. And I'm telling you, you can double your business. And by the way, I'm not bragging, but I can prove it. And you know, I can prove it, Mike, that we've grown a business just by learning how to communicate better using this process anywhere from 10 to 30 X in one year. It's, and I started this, Dan, with indicating that, you know, the disc was something that we we still use it every day. It's invaluable tool. Now, one of the things that I wanted to do today, and, and Dan has been kind enough to offer this, but he has a book called Power of Words. And if you shoot me an email at MikeM at firststaffbenefits.com, I'm going to send you a free copy of that ebook. And in addition to that, we're going to have a series coming up uh, this summer called Summer of 
success. It's going to be a series of four webinars over four weeks uh, that Dan will host specifically directed to brokers and clients to make you more profitable. Now, the best news about that is First Staff Benefits and the Business of Health podcast, we're going to underwrite the vast majority of the cost of this series. And we're doing that because we're committed to making you more successful. I have used this man's tools. I have learned from him and they work. They work. So keep an eye on the First Staff Benefits LinkedIn page or go to our website at www.firststaffbenefits.com and click that button that says Summer of Success. That will give you more information and the registration as well as the dates. But Danny, we got to start wrapping this up. And okay. I always, I always conclude the podcast with something that we call overdrive. And in overdrive, what nor- norm- normally happens is we'll get some personal information about you, what you like to do, what your hobby is. But an unknown factoid about this gentleman is that he is an incredible harmonica player and has, <laughs> has performed with some of the greats in the blues field. So to close it out today, we're not going to ask your favorite soup. I'm going to tell you to grab that harp and take us home baby. Hey, thank everybody. By the way, you said that be more profitable. Everything we talked about today, priority management, goal setting, communication, that's going to make you more profitable. I just, the the landscaper guy, uh, we actually took him from 140 clients and we cut out 50 clients and got him down to about 75 and he's tripled his profits and sales. Amazing. And that's back to learning communication and priority and goals. It just makes you more efficient. I'll show, we'll show you how to go from 80 hours a week to 50 hours a week and get more done using all these techniques. So until then, we'll see y'all. Thank you for having me, Mike. Well, the only bad news today is that we're at the end of the show. So thanks for listening to the Business of Health podcast. Listening to this show puts your agency in position for success. Remember to click the link below, check out my website at www.firststaffbenefits.com. Give me a shout. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Keep listening, keep learning, and keep taking action. Until next time, this is Mike Martins signing off.